0: And I'll tell you guys, since we're, since we're all friends, every character I write has a piece of me in them. Hi, I'm Leigh Bardugo. You're listening to the Grisha cast. Welcome to Grecia Cast, episode 147. In this episode, we will be discussing chapters 18 through 21 from Hellbent. This is your host, Eric, and Terry will be back with us next episode. From Nashville, Tennessee, this is your podcast for all things Greciaverse, a world created by the creator of the Lethe Armory catalog, Lee Bardugo. Moisavienyi casters. Hi. It's me and Terry will be back with us shortly. I'm really excited. She's still putting everything back together after having COVID, and we've missed her, but she will be back next episode. And I know you guys will be really excited about that because we're going to be covering some really cool stuff. I'll get to that later. Um, so I'm not going to be just hosting this podcast with Lucy. Um, or Chris. I actually have a really good friend joining me. And my friend Joseph has, I've wanted him to be on this podcast for a really long time. I'm really glad that this worked out. Uh, we've had some amazing conversations about Ninth House and Hellbent. So it's really great that we actually will be having him here with us now. So um, without further ado, I introduce to you Joseph. Hi, Joseph
1: hi eric how are you
0: uh i am so good i'm so glad you're here
1: i am so glad to be here greetings from florida
0: oh wow what's the weather like really warm and sticky
1: it has been dry uh it has been dry for about a month but today it rained oh okay so but it's been hot yeah but it's, it's it's always hot and humid
0: <laughs> you guys don't have much of a winter, i'm guessing
1: not much of a winter. If it gets down to 58 one day, that's pretty much what winter is here.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's actually surprisingly like chilly here in Nashville, but um I have a feeling that's going to turn around real quickly cuz spring is right around the corner, supposedly. Yeah. So, um so um I know our listeners haven't heard from you before. Um, I would love to introduce them to you, but I don't want to talk. So, I mean, I want you to tell us, tell us about yourself and
1: yeah. Well, I got into, uh, Lee Bardugo's work because my daughter came to me and said, I've been reading these books and I can't get any of my friends to read them. And I want to talk about them. Will you read these books? Uh, And how could I say no to that? So I said, of course, I'll read these books. And so uh, I didn't know what I was getting into. Uh, So I started, uh, strangely enough, I didn't start with Shadow and Bone. I started with Six of Crows. Uh, I think I've heard a a lot of people do that. So I got in with Six of Crows, then did Crooked Kingdom, then went through the original trilogy. And now I'm ahead of her. Uh, (laughs) She hasn't hasn't read... um, the last two Grisha books. Yet. Oh, wow. The Rule of Root Wolves or uh, King of Scars. I'm getting honor about it because I'm now I want to talk about them, right? Yeah. I... But sometime in the interim, I also got into Ninth House, uh, which is right up my alley because of the ceremonial magic. Uh, I am a tarot reader uh, and intuitive. Uh, I give person to person readings uh, using tarot cards, also do charm casting. Uh, and also uh, yes-no osteomancy using uh, bones.
0: That's incredible, and that's so awesome. I think that's one reason that I I just know that I've really enjoyed the conversations we've had, especially about Ninth House and Hellbent, the whole Alex series, I think, is what I call it in my head, just because of your background and some of the conversations we've had. You've helped enlighten me that, Lee didn't just come up with all this stuff. This isn't just like a whole magic system. A lot of it is based off of like real things like in this world that people practice and use. And I find that fascinating.
1: It's absolutely true. I've I've drawn uh, for you uh, a couple of circles that were talked about in Elbit as I saw them because they weren't given a lot of um, detail in the book so i kind of imagined them uh as they were as as they were spoken about and um and i drew the the solomon's knot as well for you not long ago yes uh, talk about in hell yeah
0: um if any of you guys ha- are followers of our instagram then you've actually seen joe's work and uh, joseph's work um yeah i think it's incredible <laughs> because they um it really helps bring the story together and um, just seeing an actual image of, I call it the protection circles. Um, I don't know if that's the correct term, but um, you did a great job of drawing those um, just because it really brings to life what, what they were working with. And um, they usually use salt. Is that right? Like, I mean, I feel like salt is something.
1: In uh, in ceremony in, in in real world ceremonial magic, most of the time, if there's a circle that's actually being drawn, it's usually drawn with a chalk that's made out of eggshells.
0: Okay, is because
1: it eggshells? Eggshells are highly protective. Wow,
0: is that because mm-hmm. the egg is like I think I symbol some symbolic of like life, and or is that? Yeah.
1: Yes, and the shell protects the egg. Oh, so we take the uh, we take the shells and we uh, grind them up into a powder, and they get mixed with um, usually cornstarch and water. You make kind of a paper mache looking thing, and then you shape them into chalk. Wow, that's really let cool. Them dry. So we use that a lot. Uh, a lot of times, circles are just cast with will. though.
0: Okay, and I think they it... just
1: exist as an idea
0: yeah in i think they add like i think in alex has used chalk that don't they have like graveyard like i think there's something graveyard dust or something i can't remember maybe it's crushed up bone i think they say it is okay that's what it was graveyard dust what is graveyard dust yeah no um (laughs) that is really cool i love that um so gosh so you do you have to make your own chalk then
1: Uh, actually around here in South Florida, I've tried making it just because I wanted to see what it was like to make it. Um, but most of the time it's easy to get around here because in South Florida, there's a lot of, um, various spiritual practices, um, from, you know, basic witchcraft to centuria to other sorts of things. So they usually, you can go, there are usually shops around where you can buy things like that.
0: That's fantastic. Wow. That's really cool. I love that. Wow. That's at your fingertips. I don't think I, I haven't seen it at any of the stores around here. Um, I, the closest that we can get is, um, probably your smudge stick. (laughs) Um, but, um, yeah, that's so cool. I love that. Um, so I think we should just kind of dive into Hellbent because, you know, we've already kind of started and. First off, I want to ask you, like, I know everybody was excited when Hellbent came out, and I think everybody read it real quickly. Um, you finished this book already, correct? Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. Did it surprise you? Did you like it? Um, what were your thoughts about Hellbent, at, like, as a collective? Like,
1: I love the book. Um, I love some of the relationships between the characters. I love the way some characters that were minor characters in Ninth House become more important characters in Hellbent, uh, like Mercy, for example. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're about to get into how Mercy becomes a very big part of, of everything.
0: Yeah, it is surprising. I. I... I do agree with that. I didn't expect that either. And, um, yeah, so we can discuss, like, I mean, the people that are listening have most have read these chapters, so we can just bounce around all you want. It does not matter. Um, but Mercy, yeah, I mean, we might as well talk about her. That is a huge surprise. Um, I did not expect her to play such a big role in this book. Um, we haven't seen how big of a role yet, um, but we do— <laughs> We know it's going to get bigger, but it's it's really neat to see how much she progresses as a character and actually becomes a part of this. I love specifically this section where we where Alex introduces her to Leafy
1: pretty much right. And um, uh, it was a couple of chapters ago that she basically spilled the whole spilled the whole tea yes. about what Lethe was up to and what was going on and magic is real. And it's also really, really gross right. and super dangerous. And, uh, and that whole conversation, um, what happens in, in, uh, uh, in the chapter of recovery today is Dawes finds out that mercy knows. Right. And of course Dawes is horrified. <laughs> yes,
0: Something that's supposed to be a secret now, um, isn't so much a secret, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah. It Dawes is a funny. She's Dawes is another Above character. Daz. Yeah, and we get to learn Above so. Daz. much. Yeah, it's really neat to see her progress. Um, we've got to learn so much more about Dawes, but Mercy really came out of nowhere for me. I did not expect that she was going to be um, one. She now is a member of Leafy, and I love that Alex said that she's like de, I
1: mean, de facto. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like, welcome to Lethe. Um, And one of the biggest things, I think, is, like, starting out in Chapter 18, we actually got introduced to a pretty horrifying man. Um, He is the new, okay, um, Alex. Preeter. Preeter, thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, he is definitely not what I think Alex was expecting um, or Dawes. Um, some of the things he says is just insane.
1: Oh, he's the worst.
0: Yeah. And especially to like speaking to Alex, you'd think that if you had such like, I don't know, he is, he's very old school in a sense that it's just like, I don't know. It's, it's very anti women. Like it's just, men are the only ones that can pretty much prosper in, in his world, in his head. And I can't believe that when he's talking to Alex, um, He's even like he's saying that, like out loud to a woman. Like, yeah, I I don't believe that you should have the role that you play today in Lethe. That just blows he, my. He mind. doesn't even.
1: He doesn't even believe women should be at Yale.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I forgot that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it, it's so he writes opinion. He writes opinion papers for the Federalist, which <laughs> is a, a you know, which is a website is is. Uh, it's a politically conservative website. That, in in real life. That is crazy.
0: Yeah. And I just, it's such a weird thing because you can't I can't picture this person actually being a member of Leafy. Like, um, something that's so it just it blows my mind. He um it seems also I think it's funny that when Alex is done with her meeting with him, when she goes back to Dawes and is expressing how like the horrifying experience she just had but finding out that i mean they think that he was the last person to ever be like offered this job and i thought that was really funny like the last person to be nobody was lining up as alex says
1: right well the, the beautiful thing about that scene is that alex plays him but she's looking for an end she's looking for a strategic weakness in his armor from the very get go of their meeting and she finds it, you know, she reads all, she looks at all the pictures and, uh, and she basically tells him that, you know, he sees basically what she what she assumes is his old boyfriend. Right. In the room. Yes. And so he, he becomes totally vulnerable in that moment.
0: Exactly, and it's it's really smart of Alex um, to be able to, like, I don't know, one, realize she's not going to be able to get rid of this guy right now, and he is in charge of a lot of different things, and she's going to need him to kind of, not trust her, but at least something. They're going to have to have a relationship, so she realizes, like, you know, I might as well try to have the upper hand, because he already looks down on me because I'm a woman, and I'm in Lethe, and I... And he also he has no like I guess he's read files on Alex, so he knows that <laughs> she can see Grays. Um, and she really gains a lot of control there because she's like, I can see Grays, I can't hear them. And I'm
1: not a Ouija I'm not a Ouija board.
0: <laughs> yes. Exactly. Which is amazing. And he's just such a it's so funny that they um, that he comes into this chapter um and what do you? I don't expect you to remember, but they mentioned what, um, what house he was a member of. Um, wait, hold on. I think I'm gonna remember. Not house. My thinking house. No. Um. What he was a, in? What society? Maybe they didn't mention it. Am I, I going crazy?
1: Apart from Lethe, I don't. I don't know what. Because almost, uh, I think back in those days, the the members of Lethe were a part of one of the societies and they were chosen from the society. That's right. Okay. I have gone but crazy. I don't think they ever mention it. I don't I don't think they mention it.
0: No, because it makes no sense. Because I I just literally had a crazy moment. Do don't worry, Joseph. That is me. <laughs> <laughs> I um I go off on my mind it goes off in tangents and I start thinking of all these other crazy things. Um yes, that makes total sense. Of course he's part of Leafy. He's not a part of another society because they watch all the other societies. Um it's also a really funny chapter. I don't I love reading and also listening to the audiobook version of this because I think it just it, I catch other things that I haven't read and Lauren Fortgang who reads this. Yes, have have you read? Have you heard it? Yes. Okay. It's to me, it's hilarious, especially this chapter was really funny. The connotation that she gives Alex and then just – and and Walsh Whitley is – it's amazing. I, I now fully understand because of Lauren Fortgang reading it how Lee always said – like she said, she thought when she wrote Ninth House that it was really funny. And at first I was like, what? But then when you actually listen to it like and you hear like some – I don't know, just some little the connotation that Lauren can give it. It really is funny. There's some hilarious moments. <laughs> so um Okay. So for those of you out there who've not listened, I would definitely check it out. I think it's totally worth it. It I it's hilarious to me. Hilarious. So um okay, so we talked about the Ouija board. That was a really funny part. Um and then Mercy doesn't come in until the next chapter. Is that correct?
1: Right. Right oh. right.
0: And I know She sneaks
1: up on she sneaks up on Dawes and uh and Alex while they're talking. Yes. And 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 volunteers to be sentinel.
0: Right. And of course Alex is like, no, you can't do this. Um but Mercy brings something to the table which I find absolutely fascinating about this entire book. And um is so mercy knows um about the sterling library a little bit better than i guess they they missed something they um didn't know there was a room that because they're still trying to connect the gauntlet and um i'm just gonna say this because i know you agree i want to walk the gauntlet so bad and i think that would be so cool i want to go see all this i would love to just go in front of the library and see everything that Lee described, because I know it's there. And I I know I also shared with you how there's like um Lee has an event coming up. It's 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 titled Walk the Gauntlet, but I don't think they are doing that actually. I don't like it's titled that, but I don't know if they actually are. However, they should. That would be such an incredible should. tour. Oh my God.
1: They definitely I, should.
0: Yeah, I would do it. I I I mean I want to so badly and I've I've got to get I've been trying to find an actual like map and like a really good blueprint of the Sterling Library to like match all this stuff up but I haven't been able to find one that I know is actually like that you can read well and also that is like true to like it's actually true like some of them I've seen like they just don't have enough information there to be able to figure it out um but I'm that kind of person that really wants to, like, see it visually. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. So, yeah, we've got Mercy helping with um, and connecting the gauntlet. And it's just a room, right? And, and-
1: it, it's, it's, it's the uh, – they have to go all the way. There's a central courtyard to Sterling Library. And they all – they have to walk all the way around that courtyard And they all have, they have to drop one person off basically at each entrance to the courtyard. And, you know, so the, the four of members of the team are all going to be stationed on either four sides, all four sides. Gotcha. So that's, what's got to happen, but they couldn't figure out a way to get through the librarian's office to get into the last room. Yeah. And it turns out there's a secret door and mercy knows about it. But I think there's a, there's an aspect of Mercy's wanting to help Alex because of what Alex did for her in Night House yeah. with that whole yeah. thing with the merity and the video and all of that nastiness. Uh, Alex really got her through with that, through that when she could have given up. So I think yeah. Mercy has a re- feels a real loyalty to Alex because Alex really had her back at that moment.
0: Yeah. Alex really did like come through for her and helped her out in a way that I don't think anybody else had gone to and, and they hadn't and um, what mercy went through was extremely traumatizing. And I think having they ha- I can't remember the name of the other roommate that they have. Um,
1: but, uh, is it Lauren?
0: Oh, well the other roommate, it might be, yeah. it- Yeah, Um, she didn't step up the way Alex did. And I think Alex surprised her with that. I think you're absolutely right that she feels like she owes something to Alex. However, (laughs) I don't know if what she is stepping into really is even (laughs) – it's just crazy what she's, like, going to do. Like, I mean, like, because her job is to – do they? I don't know. If they, do they bring it up yet? I don't know if they do. They, they did. They did. Okay.
1: They did. So they, they bring did. it up. And they, you know. She says, "I'm, I'm, I'm in." She, she says, "I'll do it." That's that's how basically she makes herself known in that conversation.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's
1: a. And she says, and you kind of don't get to say no, right? True. True. Because you need some. Yeah, which who you're gonna guess?
0: And it's helpful because, I mean, you know, they are looking for people. they, I mean, now they've got another one checked off the list. They still have to find another murderer. Um, (laughs) But we're getting to that. And um, so I particularly love at the end of these chapters, and I know you do too, um, the Lethe Armory catalog. (laughs) as revised
1: and edited by Pamela Dawes. Oculus.
0: Yeah. I love it. I love it. So tell me, like, I mean, is, I know at the end of this chapter, for instance, we have the Knuckles of Shimshon. What do yes, you know the, about those?
1: Knuckles of Shimshon. Uh, Shimshon is the Hebrew name that we uh, in English say Samson.
0: Oh, okay. Wow. I didn't even catch that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had no clue. Shimshon. Yeah. Wow. Shemshon, okay.
1: they're, they're the Knuckles of Samson. And apparently the, the lore is. That uh, when Samson's hair, Samson's hair that was cut off where his strength lied, okay, uh, that his hair was woven into this metal brass knuckles, and that that's where the magic comes from is from Samson's hair. Interesting. And it's just, and it's assumed it says in the entry that it's assumed to be part of a set, but uh-huh. apparently they just have apparently they just have the one.
0: Yeah, one for a good right hook or whatever. <laughs> so. Yeah,
1: exactly. You can't, you can't do the combo. No, you it. can't. That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be awesome and it, and it's Wolf's Head that uh that uh donated them.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. That's these I love these little things in this catalog. I would love to recreate it almost. Like I think it'd be mm-hmm. really cool to see um mm-hmm. almost with images of them. Like, you know. See yeah. It. Um I do also I really,
1: you know how Lee did the Lives of the Saints? I really want I want I want a procedures and protocols of the Ninth House peripheral book. I want the I want the armory catalog. I love the armory catalog uh, I, entry. I really do.
0: I I agree. Um have you looked at so like the different versions of Hellbent that came out, did you by chance see the special one that Barnes and Noble came out with? Um, it's a... I, I
1: have seen it. I don't have it, but I have seen it.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's it's good. Um, just because the end has a special, like, I mean, it's... Okay, so I'm going to admit, like, I think I talked about this with um Terry. I was really excited about this because I know that they, Barnes & Noble, when they have their exclusive editions, always add extra stuff. Well, this extra stuff actually happens to be mostly in Lee's handwriting. Love you, Lee, but girl, your handwriting is not easy to read. Um, so I can't read it. I um, I tried to read the first page, and I kind of gave up. Um, so I will um, – I encourage you to get it um, just because I'm sure you would be able to translate it. Other people – Terry and I can't. Um, some of it is so hard to read. Um, but – the whole point of this is it's all segments of these, like the Lethe Armory catalog. Um, it's even got the demonology book, the Lethe Di- and different, like it's all just those segments, but she's got Ooh. all these notes with it. Um, if I could read them, it'd be great. But um, I have to <laughs> get a little bit more time and just really go at it. But anyways, you should look at that because that's really cool. Yeah. Um, so I am trying to think what else goes on. So we've got Lee the armory catalog. So, oh.
1: so a lot of times when we have one of these armory catalog, uh, episode, uh, little things it's because it's going to be used in that chapter. And sure enough, she's using it to go out to, uh, collect money from, uh, the latest person Aton has sicked her on.
0: Yeah. Which is so weird. <laughs> it's, it's really so weird. weird. Um, that whole segment that I feel like I'm still getting used to a being in this book and still like being a part of it and that she is doing, yeah, she's going and doing some dirty work for him. Um, however, my confusion is like, it's, well, it's not really confusion. It's just, it's weird that he's, he's got her doing something so close to where she is, you know? I mean, it's not, she's not flying back this time or anything. She's like, actually, not far from from Yale. Um but yeah, this is really weird. Um I <laughs> this is the part of the book that um I was very much surprised by and I know everybody knows what we're talking about. We're talking about yeah. the vampire. Um <laughs>
1: yeah. I did not have vampires on my bingo card for this book. No. <laughs> I did not either. Um, but, but when she, when she goes to, to knock the vase off of the mantelpiece and he, like, does super speed yes. to catch it before it falls, I said, uh-oh. Uh, I've that's... read enough vampire books to know I'm a big Anne Rice fan from way back. Oh. Uh, uh I know that when they, that when they move that 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 fast, that's that's like the first thing you find out. Yes, um... I and I brought this with me from China in nineteen
0: thirty-two. <laughs> I was like, Oh yes. no. Huge hint. Um and I I think I would like a a vampire would be okay with me. I just wish he wasn't called a vampire. I wish she came up with some other name for some reason. I think it's just the word vampire sometimes gives me bad. I don't know. I I agree. I love vampires from Anne Rice era and things like that. I'm not a big yeah. fan of what Twilight did to them. <laughs> so don't, I, don't even get I don't
1: even get me started. Um,
0: <laughs> it's but I I love what you just said because I'm actually I just and this is I just finished watching the Mayfair Witches. Um, which oh me too. Oh my god! Such an incredible show. Um, so good. And I started the new interview at the vampire show. Um, also
1: very good.
0: Yeah, it really is. I am
1: so. Have you, have you read the books?
0: I have not. I've not read, and that's what I was about to ask you. Like, is the Mayor Mayfair witches like? In like, is it just like that? Is it that incredible? Like, I love that storyline.
1: Here's what I say about both of those series they are they are they wildly depart from the books okay especially interview with the vampire um uh but I, I and in fact i started watching them waiting to hate them oh. but i just couldn't they are not they are not like the books okay but they are very good
0: okay so, because I've had this fascination of witches recently. I've just loved reading about them. I always had like, I mean, I, American Horror Story, like, the show, like, I didn't get into, I like, I thought it was good, but when they did Coven, like, I fell in love with it. Like, I loved that yeah. season so much. Um, I think it's just a fascination for me. So I wanted to look at Mayfair Witches. I know, because um, Terry is a huge Anne Rice fan. Huge. And she's an interview with the vampire i think was like a book she read when she was probably like six or something (laughs) so (laughs) um but i that show is particularly i think incredible because and i know we're departing from this but hey everybody (laughs) that's listening will love it anyways um you should from what i'm understanding with the interview of the vampire show is it's actually going like pretty much after the movie isn't this like as if the next step was happening, or am I misunderstanding? I've...
1: It's, just a, it's a reinterpretation of the story. Okay, so it's not... They do it in a, they do it in a completely different time period. Right. Uh, and the way the interviewer actually interplays uh, in this story, it's as if they started the interview many, many years ago, and they're only now just getting back to it because he had walked out or something. It, it's very unlike the book. So what... But it's very good.
0: Yeah. I haven't read the book, but I saw the movie. I mean, come on. Like, I mean, I've seen that movie over and over again. An amazing movie, Interview with the Vampire. So what I was thinking... That
1: movie is, is much more like the book. Okay. Van Rice fans that are listening out there Will are now screaming at me and hating me when I say that that movie is like the book, I mean, in comparison right. with the, uh, with the AMC series.
0: Yeah. So the AMC series, I felt like at least what I was thinking is that the, the interview that they're talking about that happened before was the movie. Like what the, that interview. So in my head, I thought that maybe I was like, Oh, well, that's kind of cool. They're like, that's in it's my not, head. It's not.
1: Forget Forget about that Neil Jordan film. Okay. Uh, it's good. I, yes. I, I like that film as well. Um, don't don't try to link them together. They don't, don't. They do not
0: Well, yeah. I mean, they Just look watch it different. Is what different. <laughs> so, okay, for those of you out there that are listening, obviously you need to put um, those books on your read list. I need to because I haven't read them. But also those shows, I haven't finished Interview with the Vampire yet, but um, it really is great. Yeah. Um, and Mayfair Witches is amazing. So,
1: okay. But, but so, the, the Mayfair Witches series is better than the Vampire series.
0: Oh, my God. Okay. I love, like, I the love. books. Oh, my God. I, I'm going to check out the books. I really am. Um, I want to. Do you, how many is that? The I know Interview with the Vampire series is pretty long. Like, there's a lot of books with that, isn't there? Uh,
1: there's a lot of both of them. And then oh. the worlds cross into each other later on. Interesting.
0: I caught that actually in the show. Um mm-hmm. one um I don't know which one it was. It was interview with the vampire. I catch that they say, because um, 'cause they're in New Orleans and they say something about the Mayfair house the house on Mayfair. Like yeah, something. Yes. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. And then I was like, Oh yeah, by the same author. Um so so we should get back to
1: Yale. <laughs> yes we should. Yes, yes we should. Um, uh, so we're beating up a we're trying to beat up a vampire.
0: Right. With brass circles. And from what we already know about vampires, that doesn't sound like I really actually at this point was like, I don't know if Alex can kill a vampire. Like, I don't I don't know if this is going to work out well. Um, and I was still in shock about the vampire. But um, yeah, it's weird. I still am also, I think, trying to get used to her Alex using the greys as armor and using them as strength. And that is how she at least gets a little bit of headway in this battle that she has with this vampire because she pulls a gray into her that she's been like holding in the corners for a while. no, she's it's a school teacher's down the block. And when she comes in, he's he's like sucking. like I mean, he I guess her blood then starts to taste like death. Yeah. That's so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's it's weird. Um and but she does get away. Um
1: sets his house on fire.
0: Yes, that's right. Um, sets his house on fire, which we know, I mean, if he's a vampire, he's not gonna like that. Um and still and she's got her um school teacher with her, who also enlightens us that he actually has killed so many people and they're all buried in Is the backyard or something like? There's hundreds of them. She says the
1: back backyard or the garden or someplace.
0: Yeah. Um, So we obviously know that this vampire has been there for a while, um, and also Aton lied to her. That's right. Big thing. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So
1: yes, He he didn't owe any money. Yes, he just wanted Alex to eliminate him because somehow. He thought she could. Right. And she calls him and says, you set me up. He says, Alex, I thought you would win. Yes. And And how many, how many did you send before me? Seven. (laughs) A with no remorse whatsoever has sent seven people out there to their deaths. That's
0: crazy. And it's, Yeah, and it's not over money at all. It's actually over, because,
1: apparently, the vampire,
0: yeah, territory. So the vampire has, um, he's obviously a drug dealer, apparently. Um, everybody's gotta eat, so, (laughs) um, yeah, which is so, so she's pissed, um, obviously, because, um. We kind of are at this part, but she, the Mercedes, she accidentally, like, I mean, she begged Dawes to use um, Darlington's Mercedes and then forgets it. Well, not forgets it, leaves
1: her keys in the. She's going to be, Dawes is going to be so mad. Yeah. Dawes is going to be devastated.
0: I actually was thinking that Dawes was going to be more pissed at the Mercedes than like the actual event that happened. (laughs) And because I could just see her like, so zoomed in to just the fact that the Mercedes is gone um but yeah it's um it's nuts and you know it also surprised me the end of this chapter because she does get saved in a way and who does she call her the, yeah did you see that coming I didn't at all I did it's it's so surprising, I really did not think that she would call Turner and ask for help there, and um she did, and he and second, he actually shows up. I didn't think like I don't think he would actually even do that um
1: and this, this is, is kind of this is kind of a new thing for them this is this this is a new level in their relationship, I think
0: I agree that's exactly what I was about to say is like this is the part where I started to see. There's, some, there, there's a difference in the relationship they're having now. Like it's starting to blossom into something a little different than what we've read. It's always been Turner is here and he's very opposite of Alex. But, I mean, also wants to keep his distance very much, doesn't like Lethe, doesn't like magic or any part of it, and doesn't want to do anything with it. Um, only has to do, only doesn't want to do any of it, but shows up when he has to. This shows that, like I mean he actually cares enough for Alex to come and help her out when she asks for some help, and yeah that's I love Turner so much um as a character, I think it's more when we get further into this novel um because he hasn't always been such like a he's been a specific character, but I mean it's just his characteristics of i don't know he grows and their relationship grows. And I think that's amazing to see. And this is the, this is the starting point for sure.
1: This is Their relationship up to this point has been somewhat adversarial.
0: Good word for it. Yeah.
1: But I think every relationship with Alex Stern begins adversarial because she, like, like Turner says, you always come out swinging. And I think she does that with everybody because it's where she's come from. Yeah. Uh, it's, a defense mechanism for her. She did it with Dawes and then she and Dawes, their relationship formed.
0: Yeah. She did it with Darlington. I mean, she does it. it it's just, yes. some, yeah, she's very, she, very, she has a very big, like, I mean, she, her, like her walls are very high and very strong and it's hard to get through that. And she's the one that slowly lets those down. Um, and what I love about Alex so much is she's such an intricate character is we get to see, like, I mean, she's, she puts on this front of being, the, and she is very strong. She's a very strong character. She's very, like, I don't know, just, I, she'll, she'll really give it to, you. like, she's just, she's a very strong person, but she also is, she's had a very interesting and hard life, but she's a vulnerable person. And I think we start to read about some of those the vulnerabilities that she has, and I I love that. I think it really opens up this character for us, Um, because Alex is such a well written character. I really give it to Lee for like the the whole way she's just drawn out Alex's story for us. Um, Yes,
1: you know it's everything. It's a it's a it's a murder mystery. It's a fish out of water story you know, it's, it's magical realism. It's the whole thing.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, I don't like, would you call this like a, it's not horror, but I'd, like. I I feel like someone said it was a horror book. Um, am I saying that right? It is like H uh, O.
1: Yeah. h o r Horror. I would not. Sorry. Um, you, you know, it has creepy elements to it. You know, it's, uh, uh, uh it's definitely dark academia. Yes. It, it you know, it, it has that appeal. Um, you know, it, it, anyone who, uh, uh, likes to deal with any sort of magic of, of, of any sort in a story, uh, you know, would, would be into that. I don't, think it's horror though.
0: okay because that i agree with you um and i just i i remember that when ninth house was coming out i don't know who it was or where i read it but they were say, like it was saying that this was lee's first adult novel but also it was a horror book and i i don't think i've ever read specifically a horror book um but anyways no, i didn't
1: no stephen, no stephen king
0: I have not—no, I have not read Stephen King. I tried when I was younger, um, but I couldn't— I tried Interview with the Vampire when I was younger, and I probably would have loved it if I would have probably given it a little bit more time. I um, just—I had a very active ADD brain that um, (laughs) now um, I actually can control, and now I love reading, um, but yeah, I have not. Um, I also— do not like to be scared. I hate haunted houses. Um, <laughs> I hate. Yeah, it's not my cup of tea. Um, but in um, scary movies, oh my god, like actually scared. Like, no, I, I
1: no. Yeah, Strangely enough, I'm not really that into it either. Okay, good. I, I'm not into the horror genre all that much. Um, uh, I, I find it difficult to get scared from a book. Uh, True. The uh, although since we were talking about the Mayfair witches, there are a couple of times in that series that really creeped me out. Really, I will say that really, oh. really made me look around the room, you know. Yeah, <laughs> really, really creeped me out. That's um,
0: such a good sign, though, of good, yeah. Writing.
1: I think so too. I
0: think so too. That's amazing. I, um, so. We are like I think we're like almost to the halfway point in Hellbent, which really excites me. Um I just I can't believe it. Um is there anything else that I'm leaving out of the chapters that we read? I feel like th- we've gotten the well, main points.
1: Well, uh Turner says he'll do it. Oh that's right. My God. He'll be the, he'll be their fourth. He'll be the fourth murderer.
0: That is absolutely right. Yeah. Um, that's huge. It is huge. So now we've actually got everybody. We've got—everybody's assembled. I forgot about that. Oh, my God. I'm so glad (laughs) you—thank you. Yes, massive. So, and I felt like he was really dragging the foot with that one. I felt like I knew he was going to be—he was going to eventually cave in um, when we started realizing— after Alex asked him if he had ever killed anybody— um, I knew that there was going to be no way that Turner was going to get out of it. He was going to somehow get roped into being that last murderer, and right. it's fascinating. So this is—we're finally going to actually be getting ready to go to hell. I know that when I first read this book, I—I um, I couldn't wait to go to hell, and I felt like we were going to go right in the beginning, <laughs> and then we kind of got a foot in and then went out.
1: Yeah. Now yeah, we're. A bunch of
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Although I love that, we're, we're Rex going Trick Key's Temple Room.
0: Yep, those horses were so cool. I actually um, that was, pretty cool. That was a pretty cool scene. It is. I I cannot wait to see. They've got to do Ninth House first, but when Amazon actually starts to like film this and make the show, I it's gonna if it's it's gonna be well done and it's gonna be beautiful. I can't wait to see some of the stuff. Um, I, I
1: read a recent article on that actually that said yeah. they have. To they have a pilot shot.
0: What? Really? Yes. Okay. That is so interesting.
1: And that beyond the fact that it is, that it, this, they were quoting Lee on this and that beyond the fact that it, exists, unless I'm misreading it, uh, uh, maybe only they have, maybe, maybe what they have is the script for the pilot. Okay. Um, but that's still huge it in is. Hollywood. That, that's a, that's a huge development because things will sit around forever in development uh, before yes. they ever actually and some a lot of things die uh, in development just never get made yeah. uh, a lot of things a lot of things died during COVID uh, that never got made just because they couldn't shoot them uh, but uh, that beyond that, that there was nothing else they could say they couldn't say anything about casting mm. they couldn't say anything about anything
0: wow they bought the right. Amazon bought the rights to Ninth House the day it dropped, um, which I thought was fascinating. Like the book. Like I mean, like I just thought that was very cool. Um, just because, I mean, come on. The day a book like actually gets um, released, Amazon buys the rights to it to make a show. I mean, and however, that was right before COVID. So, and then right. COVID hit, and yeah, everything got every
1: got rethought
0: exactly we're lucky we've got yeah we actually have shadow and bone season one now i never thought we were going to get that um but yeah well thank you so much joseph i had had such a great time doing this and oh i hope you have um so before we go can you tell people where they can find you um are you on social media or have a website
1: I am on social media. Uh you can uh you can get my website at tarotbyjoseph.com, and you can get to my other social medias from there, but they're all at tarotbyjoseph. by joseph. That's my Instagram, that's my Facebook. If you want to connect with me there, I do if anyone's interested in, in getting me to read for them, I do readings online via Zoom as well as in person. So if you uh want to uh get insight that way, I'm here to do it.
0: Absolutely. That's incredible. And because I've talked on the show about how like, okay, tarot, I can't read. I can't, um, I wish I could, um, but I haven't. Sure taken... you can. I've, I'm sure you're right. I just, I haven't given it enough time to sit down. There were a lot of cards um, when I first started looking at it, but then I found Lenormand and now that is like my obsession. So um, L- Lenormand is great. I, I love it, it. And I have not mastered Lenormand at all, but I have so much fun
1: doing it. I actually was read with Lenormand cards myself not long ago. Yeah. Uh, a local person who actually I put them in touch with one of the shops I read in, which is basically an herbal shop. Okay. Uh, uh, medicinal herbs and also teas. Wow. Um, the, um, and this lady reads tea leaves as oh, well as Lenormand. incredible. And uh, so I put her in touch with the shop that I read in because they actually have tea. So she's going to do some tea leaf reading events there. It's going to be really cool.
0: That's amazing! Oh my god, I would, I would love to. I'd love to learn more about like tea reading because I think that's so fascinating. Like just because fa- I feel like it, everything. Like I know Little Norman, the um the cards and the different symbols are based off of yes reading tea leaves. I think that's so cool, and I don't know. It makes sense. Well, you guys know where to find us. Um, if you'd like, definitely go to Joseph for a reading because, <laughs> yeah, I know that he will be phenomenal, and, um, yeah, I um, we will definitely, you'll have to come back on, um, especially when Terry's on, so you guys can talk about Ann Rice.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Because she's going to kill me. she whole podcast.
0: It, yeah you're right we have to be careful we yeah we might need to have to make it one of those special episodes where we discuss um all the other books we are reading but real quickly actually before we go what are you reading right now are you reading anything like
1: i I am reading um in fiction i am doing the third i'm in the third book of the uh shades of magic series by uh schwab that, that is... you turned me on to oh. so good so excited for you <laughs> So very good, and I'm reading uh, a lot of nonfiction right now about the an, an an old magical order, kind of kind of Masonic, but with but like magic Masonic, um, uh, called the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, oh, wow. uh, that that uh, was around the turn of the 20th century, and um, so I'm reading some books about that that group and the way they did what they did. Wow. Uh, There's so much that we do today that is descended from that. Yeah. And I actually started watching, and I wondered when I started watching it, I actually started watching it today. I wondered if you were watching this, uh, the Netflix series called The Order.
0: Oh, yes. I am. That shows been out like that. I feel like there's two seasons of that. Yeah, there are two
1: seasons of it. Yes.
0: Um, Watch the first one. I think was very close to finishing the sec one, second one with Chris. But for some reason, I don't think we finished it for some reason. But I definitely... Ne- Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> I That is a really good show. Um, there's some... Oh, my God. There's some really good shit. Like, I just realized we're about to go on forever. I was going to ask you if you ever watched Salem because I was obsessed with that show.
1: <laughs> I did not watch oh, that.
0: Oh, you not- have to give that a shot. It's not on Netflix anymore, unfortunately. But... You,
1: would, you were talking about American Horror Story Coven. That's the one that takes place in New Orleans, correct? Correct, yes. Correct. You, you know all those people were real people. Yeah, I, uh, I found that Delphine, out later. Delphine Lalaurie uh, was a real person who really did a lot of bad stuff.
0: That's so cool. I, 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 actually,
1: I actually went on a tour with uh, a friend of mine who does tours in New Orleans, and I just wanted to support her while I was there. Uh, I spend a weekend in New Orleans a few times a year. Um, I lived in New Orleans for eight years. I don't know if I told you that. Oh. Um, the uh, It was back in the 90s. The um, uh, But I went on her tour because I support my friends. And um, she took us to the Lola Rhee house, and we stayed out there way too long. And I started literally feeling nauseous just from the energy oh of, of the house. You wow. Know, That's- bad, bad
0: That is creepy. That's so cool, though. I love that they connect, that there's, I love it when the real people are part of stories and, like, you find, like, I I love.
1: And real places. That's one of the reasons we love this book, because it's a real place. We could actually go there.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And we're going to have to do that sometime. So
1: New New Haven, Connecticut was never on my list of places to visit, but it definitely is now.
0: Right. I know. I never thought I would ever like have that on my bucket list, but now I do. So, (laughs) okay. Well, thank you again so much, Joseph. This has been such a pleasure for me. And I am, I know our listeners are going to love it and you will definitely be coming back um, and discussing more with us. So listeners, I hope you all enjoyed this fantastic episode. Terry will be back with us in next episode. And next episode, what are we covering? Drumroll. Yes, it is finally here. We are going to be covering the first episode of Season 2, Shadow and Bone, dropping on Netflix March 16th. So I know... We all are excited, and yeah, so we will be covering that. That will be coming out in the next couple days. So um, anyways, excited for everyone, and yeah, we love you all, and we will see you next time. Long live the Grishaverse. Like, we're at the end of the hour, so my voice is a little husky. A plus. No mourners. No funerals. This has been GrishaCast. Connect with us on the web at GrishaCast.com. Send an email to info at Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, at Cast. And thank you to our amazing staff, Alex, Michelle,
1: Amber, and Chris.